genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where you want nuts? Let's get nuts as we analyze and celebrate <laughs> Spider-Man 3, one milk drinking minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Wally. Welcome hey, back, Wally. Wally. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Minute 94, which is today's Minute 94. 94. 94. 94. Uh, that <laughs> begins with Connor's... Uh, continuing his Bluetooth science update for Peter and ends with Pete uh, flirting with Betty, offering to shoot her sometimes. So not only do we have cell phones now, we also have Bluetooth technology. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay. All That's right. A lot. I'm down with it. Um, a lot. This world fascinates me. It gets weirder. The way that go. it is modern, but also not even a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting how this is all mixed together. It's like all of the elements that took to create Batman the Animated Series is Gotham. The rest is <laughs> Spider-Man's New York in the uh-huh. movies. Yeah, so it's like the literal inverse opposite. Yeah, they, they actually have police uh, like drill trains down below the streets. You just can't see them. Oh. They, never, they never got to them. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it's like we can't have the blimps. We'll have regular vehicles, but Bluetooth. Here you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I like uh, the like the business Dylan Baker's doing. His like sciencing uh, like like physical business he comes up with because it's one arm. So he's like pulling the like stopper with his teeth as he talks to Peter and doing the whole thing. What's frustrating to me is that, you know, with all this talk of what Spider-Man four was going to be, Mm. um, it was never the lizard. It was always the vulture. Like Sam Raimi had a real like hard on for the vulture that I don't really understand because directorially the vulture isn't that different from the goblin as far as like it's a flying villain mm-hmm. he flies around he's got a tech suit spider-man shoots a web at him attaches himself to him and gets swung around with him or swings fast after him or whatever they they they, they live in similar spaces which is why you never see the vulture and the goblin on the sinister six at the same time because they serve the same purpose Right. Yeah. Um, uh, tactically, I think I think that a Spider-Man four with Dylan Baker's lizard and Craven hunting him and Spider-Man having to stop Craven from killing his the friend. Oh, you know, kind of like that episode of Buffy, the first uh, werewolf episode where there's yeah, yeah, the werewolf us. hunter. Yeah yeah. 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 Something like that. I think could have been a really great Spider-Man four, much better than like what they were going for with like the Vulture and the Vultress instead of Black Cat. Yeah, um, especially with Felicity Dylan. Felicity Tombs, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just silly stuff where it's like, why isn't this working? It's not working, Sam, because as much as you love the Vulture, it's the same thing as the Goblin. Yeah, there's nothing here exciting you. Yeah. You just like the the iconography of the Vulture, but like you need to be thinking about story. And I don't think he was there, and that's why Spider-Man Four didn't work out. Right. Which is wild because like Dylan Baker's been there the whole time. Yeah. 
He and he's had like a, an arc with Peter where they've become like slightly more professional colleagues by this point. Yeah, uh, and it's not just yeah. the teacher guy. Like think like, about a Spider-Man Four where this happens with the lizard and everything, and it's it's as if like. Maybe he's even quit being Spider-Man for a while because he's just like, I made a lot of bad choices and whatever. And he has to become Spider-Man again to save his friend. And it's also like a way for him to gain redemption for what happened in Spider-Man 3, you know, mm. where he's just mm. like, I'm going to save my friend because that's what Spider-Man does. Yeah. You know, and I've not been there. the stuff I was doing in, I've, in I've, Spider-Man 3. I've been there where I became something that was bad. Yes. And I, and I deserve to be saved. Yes. And my friend saved me. That makes so much. Where, Ramey, Ramey, why didn't you give me a call Ramey. when you were trying? <laughs> back in back in 2009. Give us a call right now. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> we can still make it. We can still make this happen. One thing I actually do kind of like about never getting to the lizard, though, with yeah. Dylan Baker, is it sets up a world where you have your Kurt Connors clearly going to be the lizard and it never comes to, to fruition. Right. In through multiple movies, you get this character, which kind of sets up that character more as an important like person to Spider-Man, as yeah. opposed to, you know, oh, one always follows to the lizard. Like, yeah. like I think it did more to endear Kurt Connors as a character to a generation of Spider-Man fans, including the animated series too, I think, you know, in the nineties before this, sure. which also had a really good Kurt Connors that took yeah. a long time to get to lizard phase. That's true. Um, which I think is where this is kind of being inspired from in terms of like the relationship with Peter Parker. Yes. That he sort of has. Yes. Um, and it kind of, like, I mean, of course, you know, the next movie kind of destroys all that goodwill with the character. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that that did it went a long way to making kind of elevating him. So yeah. when they did eventually get to it, I thought that actually was a worthwhile thing to do is the lizard was naturally the next up uh, in terms of all those Spider-Man villains. But because they didn't have like the, the Dylan Baker version, like it never came to full fruition. Right. But I like the, the patience that they had. And, and honestly, if they went through a four and then got Vulture out of his system, like they're, these were still being made in the same way that like Spider-Man or Superman still got like four or five movies. Like, like you think you can get there in the end right. long term, which is probably what Dylan Baker has in his contract. Like, you know, if you get to five, I have to guarantee be the villain in one of them or something like right, that. Right. It's probably how the contract went. Yeah. Right. So like, I like the patience there. It does like what you described. We don't get the payoff, but amazing. The, the impulse isn't bad. And, and also just the vibe of it is cool. Like I like seeing, you know, these characters not as necessarily just their villain. Like anytime we know these characters. So mm. if we see a Kirk Connors pop up, we know, Oh, there's going to be, you know, he's going to you know, be the lizard one day. He's going to be the lizard. Yeah. So to never having got there, you know, within a specific, you know, universe, should this universe ever come back? Kind of, who knows if there's some sort of, you multiverse know, multiverse. kind of related thing <laughs> yeah. that might go back there. Like, it would almost be cool to explore that then mm -hmm. with a bunch of time having passed in that universe too. And mm -hmm. like, I think that that would create a lot more weight um, where otherwise just that character is a little one note in the comics in terms of like, yeah, he has that sort of Batman esque like tragedy kind of villain thing going yeah. on. Yeah. But they never really played the tragedy up so much as is more of it was the relationship between Peter and, right. and Doc Connors that was always the thing, mm. um, and and it was kind of like father sonny thing because that's back when the comics were trying to like juggle a lot of father figures for him. Sure, and <laughs> so like that's never going to work. I think in a movie thing because like you get to Kirk Connors as a father figure. 
10 father figures deep in terms of these characters in these movies. Yeah, I mean, the way the way that it has to work in order to do it is to establish him as a pre-existing father figure type character. Like, the, the instinct of doing it in the first film is the right instinct if you're not going to play the waiting game because you can establish that, like, they've known each other for years prior to the start of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then you can roll with it the way that you want it. But the problem is that they didn't do that <laughs> in Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> he meets him, and he meets him, and and, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. and it, she, he shouldn't have met him. He should have already known him. If he already knew him, then everything becomes that much more powerful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and and honestly, just from a, a realistic context standpoint, they could have used all the goodwill that they built in these movies with this character. Yeah. Like, like there would have been buy-in to Doctor Kirk Connors as someone that uh, this version of Peter Parker knows, because to most people who are watching that movie saw this and the majority of those people only saw this in comparison to other Spider-Man right. stuff. Yeah. Like, so they're going to know this as a friendly character that they expect to see in Spider-Man's sort of universe right? and uh, and be legitimately sort of off-put by that evil turn, yeah. you know, as it happens. You can right. possibly, like, actually surprise people with it. Yeah. Um, which you can't if it's, I don't know, done the other way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I... I like that in the films we get, it, he sort of represents that the world extends beyond the borders of just the movies we're watching, that, you know, maybe something else might happen down the line. I just I just would have liked to have seen it. Yeah. You know? Also, Dylan Baker's an incredible actor. He's great. And he's so good at playing a bad guy. If he had been able to play like a motion capture lizard... Oh, it would have been so good. It would have been cool. It would have been amazing. I, I can't get it out of the back of my head, though, that I wouldn't put it past Sam Raimi to, like, do Spider-Man 4, and then it starts with, like, Kirk Connors and Peter are having lunch or something like that. Be like, oh, man, do you remember last summer when we had that whole lizard fiasco? Glad that's <laughs> over with. Good to be back, Pete. Let's get to work. Like, yeah. just, just, like, completely never throw do it. it. Never yeah. do it. Just, like, mention it as it happened off camera and uh, and then leave it for uh, the Snyder fans to want. You yeah. know, yeah. uh, they would never want anything from a Raimi Spider-Man movie. No, definitely not. Um, like these. So the... the <laughs> The conversation we have with Dr. Connors, uh, I, 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 at one point I went and looked at some of the like commentary tracks for the film, and apparently this like info dump that we have in today's minute was sort of a fairly late minute addition because they wanted to have one more scene where Dr. Connors lays out the danger inherent in the symbiote. Sure. Because we had the scene where we gave him the sample. We need the scene where he yeah. explains what's wrong it's with it. It's a smart move. Yeah, but they, they didn't think that. Uh, like uh, as originally scripted it was a physical meeting between peter and dr connors and they didn't think that this peter would be responsible enough to want to go to the meeting right physically right so they had him call him on the on the phone to do yeah. it this way which fine but it does result in the the ursula like peter stuff feels again like weird improv on set it does and like i don't this doesn't feel like a real scene this right. just feels like bizarre stuff that's happening because this is how we're going to patch this together. Yeah. Yeah. Just 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 be kind of gross to her. Yeah. And and uh, uh like be disrespectful to the person on the phone. Mm-hmm. And do um, some stuff with the cookies. Right. Cuz I don't there's no other way that this nuts things thing happens, right. I think. Cuz I mean this is the elephant in the room is the nuts line because <laughs> just general question for like humans wants cookies with nuts in them more than they want like chocolate chip cookies 
or like mm. like ma- like like just nuts in general like nuts nuts no i think i think the idea would be like it would be nuts in addition to the chocolate chips okay like that's how i always picture i didn't okay. picture like just a cookie with nuts in it okay <laughs> like a nut cookie no no like I, I i imagine like a like a like a chocolate chip cookie that also has walnuts in it or something okay or like a mac- macadamia nut white chocolate yeah cookie something, something like that okay yeah, yeah. he just yeah. likes he likes nuts in his cookies he wants to get nuts i think he likes see what you did there <laughs> I think he just likes the effort. Like this is this is like if this extended out, like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's also footage of her bringing back nuts, and he'd be like, "Oh, I thought you meant this other kind of nut. I don't want these anymore." Like I think he, uh, yeah, I think he's yeah. just like putting her through the motions because he can, and I think he now it's like, a power move. He yeah he ha- this is this is how you abuse power when you don't know how to abuse power. Right. <laughs> like you you like oh you think I'm cute? I'm gonna you know flirt with you a little bit and make you do things for me. This is this is what like a seven year old does. Yeah, right. like, abusing that, a small amount of power. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. This is what this is what little kids do to their grandma yeah yeah that's how he's treating ursula is like a grandma oh wow wow these are wait oh you didn't have the one i wanted no i I guess it's okay yeah i guess it's fine yeah i guess it's fine i've only just been thinking about them all week all week and that's that's why i was so excited to come to your house to get i mean it's fine i guess yeah (laughs) and you know what this guy, Peter, he knows how to take advantage of a grandma. He's been doing it his whole life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was forged in those fires. He was forged in those fires. <laughs> oh. And those are the fires with which he needs to be thrown back in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The only way to get rid of the evil spider is to, if Aunt May were to show up and just like take his ear and be like, you do not treat women that way. And like, I guarantee you that symbiote would have just like bounced. Bounced. Yeah. yeah that could not. <laughs> nope. Sorry. I got sidetracked in this like terrible mental image of the like the Bane speech where he's yeah, like, Yeah, no, I know. Oh, you think I- the grandmas are your allies? <laughs> <laughs> I was born with them, molded by them. Yeah, that's that. That doesn't lead anywhere, but it's stuck in my brain, and I had to. It's pretty focus. fantastic. Aunt May and a, ban- and a Bane mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does Aunt May? Aunt May never meets Symbiote Peter. That's a missed opportunity. That is a missed opportunity. I almost feel like the you you almost don't want to see poor old Rosemary Harris like you don't deal with uh, this. No, you don't. Yeah, but like yeah. I mean, why you? I mean, like Sam Raimi didn't want to think. Oh, like, he didn't yeah. want to <laughs> mentally think about it. So it's like I'm not gonna even write that. Scene. I just imagine Rosemary Harris like at the premiere, just being like, "What is this? <laughs> when, <laughs> what is, when did you shoot this? What is it? There's an alien in this. <laughs> Peter was such a nice boy in all my scenes. What is this? I thought this movie was about proposing marriage. I don't. <laughs> What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, if you did have the scene between him and Aunt May, like, I don't think we'd get our jazz club scene if that's because, like, Peter disappointing Aunt May and like realizing that he's being crappy to Aunt May. Yeah. There's no way he's gonna keep wearing the suit after that. No, no. See, so you have him do it, and then you just have him double down, which leads to the jazz club scene, oh, okay. where where he just does the first unforgivable thing he does is mouth off to Aunt May and bail. <sighs> I think oh. I think that actually the reason why we don't have that just you know provide real analysis sure, for sure, a moment yeah, yeah. Uh, is probably because of where they take the whole original killer of Uncle Ben thing. Yeah, and so there's already going to be like a heavy emotional thing he has to do with Aunt May about like taking responsibility, um, like for that, like, that happened in the second one. That, no, but with, no, with, with talking about scene with with the Sandman did it right like. 
Oh, right, yeah, like, yeah. She has to say, doesn't he have to talk to her about how Sandman really? I didn't watch this movie. Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. He uh, they got called into the police station, the police, uh, 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 uh Captain Stacy Captain explained Stacey. that, yeah. yeah, and then and then he all has already turned Sandman into mud and then told, Let's get mud in your eye, and then <laughs> goes, He told Aunt May that Spider Man killed the 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 killed the guy, Wait, and why so she it? can go, like, Spider Man doesn't kill people, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it. But I, yes, so, so but, that all already but happened. But that's a but that's a world that they're playing with, Aunt May. So if you right. were to do that and then like do like a disappointing Aunt May kind of thing, like I feel like that's a little piling on. Like yeah. you're ringing you know? the bell. Twice. But that's like that's like Sam Raimi's bread and butter is piling on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his brand. Oh boy, Sam piling on Raimi. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's his hashtag brand. I. <laughs> He is great and powerful that way. Yeah. Oh boy. There it yep. is. Um, That's a whole movie of piling on. With great and powerful comes great. All right, I can't. Mm. You tried. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm still stuck on the nuts thing. I think. <laughs> I, I thought, like maybe it's because Meganitova like her little improv line when he's like, "Oh, what? What? Are, like nuts? You know?" Where she's like, "Oh, I have some nuts. I could go." And he's like, "Go oh, make me some with nuts." That like that's not the right response to like. A, a macadamia nut cookie or like a chocolate chip and nut cookie just like i have some nuts i just have some nuts i could i could make i think it becomes weird <laughs> because she went with that and he it like that's the brick she brought to the improv and yeah. he built on it oh go make me some cookies with nuts in them then. yeah well i mean yeah I, I guess i see what you're saying i guess i never in a million years because i've never heard of or eaten a cookie that just has nuts in it yeah it would that never possibly be what yeah, he's asking it, it for. would never occur to me to just think about a cookie with just nuts in it it's always nuts complimenting something sweet it's always like a salty yeah. sweet thing yeah uh and so i i'm picturing like chocolate chip with some nuts in it like like coconut or something or like wait what? or like, like she's just got coconuts in the apartment co- co- shave coconut sh- oh, like, coconut shavings you but know? would you call that i've got nuts sure that's a nut i, I mean at, at that point in time like peanut butter cookies yeah, sure. are going to be coming to the table sure. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. white white chocolate white chocolate macadamia you could do a walnut caramel a walnut caramel do yeah. pralines count as cookies sure because that is like 90 percent nut yeah I, that's fair okay yeah. 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 All right. That's good. I just oh, sorry. Prawling. Prawling. Uh, the uh, what's what's the what's the pecan pecan sandy pecan sandy is a cookie with just nuts in it. A what? A pecan sandy. What's a pecan sandy? I mean, it's a pecan with sand. No. I don't know what that cookie is. <laughs> I don't like the pe- official cookie of Spider Man Three. <laughs> pecan sandy. I don't like pecan sandies. They're uh, rough and irritating. <laughs> that's the wrong movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, but uh, no, it's a pecan sandy. It's like a it's like a. Like a butter cookie okay. with like pecan pecans in it. I All right, don't know. I want everybody on the Facebook group to like give me the best recipes for like cookies with nuts in them. Yeah, I need just this nuts. to not bother my brain anymore. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we we have Connors tells him that like the danger inherent in the symbiote that it's amplifying bad characteristics of the host, like wanting cookies with nuts, like in wanting it. cookies with nuts in them, <laughs> uh, and aggression, and uh, so that P- Peter can wave it off, and then we're gonna get amplification now we had this setup prior where mm-hmm. people were kind of into peter on the street but now he's can the amplification has continued mm-hmm. and we are in 
we're in dance territory now. Yeah, right, right before dance. Okay. Precursor to dance. Oh, please, really, yes. the uh, the first st- salvo of dance, maybe you could say. <laughs> um, I love that the visualization of the negative and en- the aggression enhancement is a like symbiote cell inside of of bunch of cells being just a jerk to other cells yes. <laughs> like it's, it's just bumping into the other cell yeah so it's not it's, 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 it's like a it's like a symbiote cell trying to start a mosh pit yeah. yes it totally it's, is it's the one mosh kid yeah at like an in-sync concert <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, you want some of this? You want some of this? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what's happening. He's yeah. literally he just he's like uh, the Stampy when he finally gets introduced to the other elephants <laughs> in that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> he is. I Bart's elephant. So so I do want to say before we move on from this cookie scene. Okay, though, okay, all right. Hold on. All right. The thing that I like about the cookie scene, despite <laughs> the fact that, like, yes, you can obviously tell it's not written, right? right? That that only Connor's dialogue is written. The rest of this is probably just improv. Like, do whatever. Yeah. Um, I like it as a a sister scene to the cake scene from Spider-Man 2 because in mm, that yes. she brings him cake and milk and he eats it and it's like a religious experience it's like that movie's version of like the the washing your sins away in the rain yeah, or yeah. whatever like that's the moment that it, it's after that happens that he's like all right, I gotta go do Spider-Man stuff now. Like, yeah. I like here it goes. I might die, but at least I had my last meal. I had that cake, yeah. right? And now this is the the polar opposite of that scene, right. where he's like taking advantage of her, and he's just like eating a cookie and just be like, "Yes, good. Feed me more. Feed me more. Give me some milk." You know, like yeah. he's like the polar opposite of that scene in the way, in the exact same way. That the dancing down the street scene is the polar opposite of the raindrops, oh, the raindrops. falling on my head yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, so I like that That's as fair. a yeah. uh, antithesis thing. So you're saying it rhymes? Yes, it does. Yeah. It does it's, rhyme. It's like poetry. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like poetry. Um, uh, but just real quick, uh, again, <laughs> need your guys' opinion on this. Uh-huh. What is more disrespectful to poor Mr. Dylan Baker that either A, the very next Spider Man movie that he wasn't involved in included the lizard as the main <laughs> villain? Or he had this one well-acted scene against what is literally a cobbled-together improv bit that, like, he was acting against literally nothing. Yeah. What What do you think irks Dylan Baker more? Oh boy. I mean, I think, I think this. I think the first thing. I think the first thing because I think he just like. I think that's rough. He knows how it's we're rough. He knows how movies have to be made. Sometimes we're yeah. all just we're all in the same boat trying. He's to a head TV to, guy. He trying knows. to head to the same destination. Sometimes we're gonna have to patch up the leaks with duct tape. It's fine. But that that other boat I was gonna be on, and that was a night that could have been a nice boat for me. Yeah, uh, it took off with someone else's captain. <laughs> but it's but know that that boat was the Titanic. Like oh, you, yeah. you are that you do not want to have been on that boat. Reason yeah. does does not like put the lizard on his top one hundred performances That's fair. of his career. That's, That's fair. fair. Um, Whereas I, Dylan Baker has to look at that scene every time he watches. Every time. Movie. Do you guys yeah. want to hear an insane bit of research I ended up doing? For oh, this minute? okay. It doesn't. There's no reason I should have done this, but like <laughs> I was intrigued when Doctor Connors was trying to describe the makeup of the. Uh, the oh, symbiote. the meteorite thing. Yeah, he says okay. it's it's similar to um, chondrite meteorites from the seventies. Okay. Oh, mean by chondrite meteorites so like meteorites from the 70s was that the only time meteorites happened yes okay but <laughs> i went i went digging and i think most likely he's referring to the jilin meteor shower of 1976 which took place in rural china and was like at the time the single largest uh meteor shower in terms of recovered meteorites uh 
in recorded history. And this was basically in the 1970s, uh, and, and this is this is observed meteorites, which is different from found meteorites, which is another thing I discovered while I was researching mm-hmm. this. Uh, found meteorite is you f- you find the actual object uh, long after it has struck, uh, you know, the ground or whatever. Uh, an observed meteorite is you witness the shower, you witness the meteorites entering the atmosphere, see the like explosions or whatever, and then they land and you find them then. So right. that the the I guess something about the the fresh yeah, fresh, fresh meteorites. They're fresh meteorites. Yeah. yeah. So it was hundreds and hundreds of them in this uh, area of rural China. And the largest of them weighed 3,894 pounds when Woo. they found it. It struck the ground, made this like big, crazy crater. It was ridiculous. Um, largest observed stone known to have fallen on Earth on record, basically. I mean, there have been bigger ones that have been found without being observed. Anyway, what's cool about these, why he says chondrite, non-meteorite, chondrite meteorites, is either non-metallic meteorites, so not the iron meteorites that you usually like see in museums and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that you can like forge space daggers out of and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like King Tut's dagger, his burial dagger in his tomb, made from meteorite iron. Because before we could like smell iron uh, very well, that was one of the main sources of iron was meteorites. Uh-huh. But these ones are non-metallic. They are uh, then they're full of um, organic compounds like amino acids. Ooh. So what's what's fun about them is that there some people have theorized that because uh, a lot of these chondrite meteorites have high concentrations of critical amino acids that the actual organic compounds that led to the development of life on earth may have been extraterrestrial in origin that like what is possible like seeding life to other places around the galaxy is chondrite meteorites so if ever there was a meteorite type where there might be a like living extraterrestrial creature it would be chondrite meteorites like those from the jill and meteor shower in the 1970s that's amazing isn't that nuts so which came first, the symbiote or the egg? <laughs> I don't know. I just like went down a rabbit hole. Can can I just ask you guys when you started this wacky journey uh, yeah. on not just Spider Man three, but but the the first Spider Man minute? Yeah. Uh, when you knew coming up in your future was going to be the dancing down the street th- th- scene. Yeah. Did you expect to spend twenty five minutes on? other things in that scene before you started talking about it by the time no, you th- definitely, no not, definitely not the most interesting scientific dissertation <laughs> i have heard since eighth grade yes because i did not pay attention in all of high school no uh yeah no that's a, that's a good um a good way to frame this because this is important and yeah. we need to focus on it <laughs> yeah i well i but i i i love i love that meteorite discussion Thank i you. think it's great and i think that it adds it adds to my theory that this symbiote uh and the meteor that it wrote in on was an egg and mm-hmm. this symbiote is a baby baby it's a baby baby symbiote, baby symbiote. uh and that's why it screams like a child when it dies and doesn't later. like communicate well yeah yeah that's genius. This, this movie is, it's an A now. Yeah. It was a C, now it's an A. <laughs> yeah. You have changed my perspective. That's that's incredible. Yeah. It's a baby. It's a baby. That makes so much sense. It's a tiny little baby. Yeah. Oh, that's boy. also why it doesn't talk, yeah. in my mind. It's just, it's a baby. A kid doesn't know how to communicate yet. Yeah, it hasn't grown. Yeah. It just looks for its dad. Oh, my and it's God. And it's just walking up to host and being like, are you my mommy? <laughs> are you my mommy? <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, uh, and right now it's going through a uh, angsty adolescence phase. Because, um, <laughs> boy, oh boy, it's time. Yeah, it's time for strutting your stuff. Here it is. It all begins here in minute ninety-four, guys. I I'm shocked. The thing that I think I'm most shocked about this movie is how long it takes to get going. For for a whole as, movie already happened. For for as broken as this movie is, 
And and I think I think it's not it's not wholly broken, but there's a lot of broken pieces in it, mm-hmm. right? A lot of trees toppled down in this forest. <laughs> um, that it takes 94 minutes to get to this point, and there's only 135 in it. 94 minutes is like the length of a whole movie. Yeah. So there's only a half hour left in this movie. Everything else that happens in this movie happens in the next 30 minutes. Holy cow. And universally, if you ask anybody, they think of this as like the halfway point. They'll all yeah. say halfway through the movie, he starts dancing and it's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't stand how much of that movie is like him doing weird dancing and being all awkward and emo. I'm like, that's and it's, nice. 20 it's, minutes? It's, it's, it's 10 minutes long. Yeah. It's this week and next week, and it's done forever. <laughs> it's 10 minutes of this movie and completely ruined this movie for people. And they're the best 10 minutes. It's so I, I'm just Okay. Oh, okay. Man. It's so, so good. Um, again, maybe they weren't like 100% where they should be in like setting up other people's reactions earlier. But by the time we're here and he's walking down the street, people are not into it there's a couple that are okay. okay so we have the first the first one is just like uh no right so mm-hmm. that's the first one mm-hmm. second girl goes by and she's like what is that and she just sort of laughs at him but in a kind of charmed way like in a way of just like who's this goofball like, like that kind of <laughs> okay. like uh i don't know about that that's i'm i'm looking at her uh frame by frame yeah, so we're talking there's, about the like slightly summer glowish. Yeah, yeah, that goes by. Yes, yeah. there's yeah. there's an embarrassed like a, oh my god. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely like an eyebrow thing going. Yeah, this is my theory about this. This is edited poorly. Yes. Um, uh-huh. and the first part of it, I think they were trying. To, I think it was conceptualized as he's going to start walking down the street, and the first couple people are going to be like really into it, mm-hmm. and then he's going to start getting worse and worse, and then it's going to turn into like disgust stuff. Yeah. But yeah. somehow they started on end of sequence looks and stuff. Yeah. Because there is ad- just object disgust on their faces uh-huh. at, at, at certain points uh, and then when you cut over to the next scene which is the like walking sort of front facing yeah. uh, the two girls that turn around have just deep thirst in their eyes. Yeah they're kind like, of into oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah what yeah. the heck. The, yeah. the tall with the short hair in the back uh, the first one yeah. who does like a very supermodel turn back when she gets going again she is staring so she yeah. is into it and i notice this you know as yeah. a child yeah because i'm like i want to find me someone that looks at my ass <laughs> the way that she looks at, at toby's right here so yeah. it's an incomplete sequence it is of. it's it's poorly edited yeah for sure yeah i think and it's and i think it was a bad decision to do this the way that wally describes if they're not going to edit it together properly yeah. you have to edit it together exactly the way you intended it yeah. Or it's not going to work at all. Yeah. And I think that by like also starting it right there and then inserting some other stuff like we see the the Betty bit at the end of this mm-hmm. minute, like yeah. that kills that sort of pacing bit to it because that has to lead to the the full dance move at yeah. the end of the sequence. Right. And if you don't, if you're just sort of peppering that in, you're kind of saying narratively that that's, uh, that's just him walking. Yeah. And so a, an amount of time has gone by before the next time you see him because you cut to a whole nother narrative right. moment. Yeah. And so it just really makes it feel like th- it, there's just kind of a mix there's good people on both sides of this Peter Parker uh-huh. and I think that might be part of the key in on the people that take the wrong message out of it is because it's not presented it's in- presented mixed yeah exactly well yeah. and I think I think ultimately the biggest issue with this isn't even those girls on the street 
It's the scene with Betty. It's yeah. this scene with Betty. They they just have in there for the joke. That's not the position I hired you for, which we'll get in tomorrow's minute. Yeah. It's just for that joke. That's the only reason this scene exists. And probably because they wanted to have more than one scene together because they had done Sea Biscuit together and they're uh, friends. Yeah, they like each other. Yeah. yeah. But but, but like it, it legitimizes it in the wrong way. Yes, exactly. It yeah. legitimizes that like, oh yeah, girls think he's hot now. When it's like if you were oh gonna do this, then you had to show that she was as into Eddie Brock. Because if she was as into Eddie Brock, then you're just like, okay, Betty just has bad taste in men. <laughs> right? And then it's like, okay, this is fine then. But the fact that he was, she was dis- openly disgusted, she was disgusted by, by Eddie, Eddie Brock. Yeah. yeah. But his into this is baffling. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, also with the history of what she knows Peter. Like, yeah. like, yeah. For that to be so immediately like flirtatious um, just because he's, you know, more outgoing and confident bangs now yeah i guarantee you he did that hair flip but he's that so is creepy. absolutely what it was <laughs> yeah it's like plus it would have been great if he did a head flip and then they did like a snap zoom of just like of like with a wind machine of just like whoosh, <laughs> like them just being like oh my god <laughs> yeah i um the the whole thing about chopping up the sequence makes a lot of sense because we randomly had a tiny bit of this in yesterday's minute like mm-hmm. when the when the the bugle image pops up, they fr- like uh sorry Spidey the retraction with Eddie Brock and everything. Right. They put a little bit of this dancing sequence in. Right. There. It started there, and then and then we then get we the cookie scene and have cookie scene, and we pop back into but it. But in the background of that scene, we're getting the music. It's playing in the background, so it's part of the montage, but it's a full scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarrely put together. Yeah. It, we th- we've. The the progression, the meaning has been sort of destroyed by chopping it up. Yeah. So we have these out of context mixed messages now. I could be wrong about this, but if I'm not mistaken, in the editor's cut, the thing that we cut to after he explodes Harry in the face mm-hmm. is just the dance bit of him dancing and doing the thing, going and getting the suit. Actually, maybe the suit part isn't even in it. Yeah. That might not be even in that cut. They might have cut that out, but it's just the dancing part. And then it goes to that scene, the cookie scene, and it's a separate scene. And also the scene with, uh, with uh, Eddie Brock and him turning him in and all that is a separate scene. It's not part of the montage, I don't think. I think it's a right. separate – it's all separate stuff. This is almost reminiscent <clears throat> of um, Suicide Squad when mm-hmm. that got cut together by a trailer house. Yes. Yes. And now most of what the trailer house cut together was theoretical and not actually used in the movie despite what some people believe. Mm-hmm. But absolutely better bits of that were chosen to be a part of the final piece, particularly right. in the multiple opening openings right. of that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that like has that same sort of thing where it's just find it in the edit room with no context to what was necessarily coming before because you all you have it was what what's in front of you right which is unnecessary skill to build a trailer right but to cut a coherent scene that matches in with the rest of the movie it just starts to jumble mm-hmm. things and things that should have meaning and, uh, and and do have meaning when they're put into different sort of orders have different meanings yes. and so then you have very legitimate reads of this um, that don't portray the character as you know Sam Raimi's actually trying to do Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that when you're in your sort of quest to try to figure out, you know, how to bring people on board to what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. I think like highlighting why this doesn't work and agreeing like, hey, listen, we're, we're, all, we're both on board that there's... That this doesn't totally work. That this yeah. doesn't work. We find it fun because of what we take from it. You're getting this very different read 
try looking at it from the stuff of the perspective and i bet that's going to get people more on board with this yeah and ultimately the picture because it is uh you know it's camp to 11 yeah and, and, and when it's when it's humming yes. oh it's such a good beat yeah. and and this is again more of that frustration of the doorstep of greatness yeah because so much of this is some of the most fun stuff clearly any of these actors are doing yeah. Elizabeth banks looks like she's having a great time flirting yeah. with Tony. Oh sure. my Tony. God. yeah honestly going from the uh blowing up harry to the immediate cut to him dancing down the street is a ridiculous transition however Doing the dancing down the street, and then and that whole montage of him having a great time in the black suit, right? Not a care in the world, and then ending that montage on him seeing the headline with Eddie Brock's photo, and then transitioning uh. to him just being like Brock, you're trash, and like roughing him up a little bit, and then people being a little off put by that, and then that slowly transitioning into him being like going to the jazz club and the whole thing that makes more sense to me as jarring as the transition from Harry to the dance scene makes sense. Yeah. The rest of it trickles down a little bit better than I think the way it works. The way here. it works here. Yeah. yeah. I also really love what you described for the editor's cut in that, uh, it does them as separate scenes because mm -hmm. if you do the walking scene and go through all of that, then do the Ursula scene with the cookies and the nuts that really underlines that he's, found a newfound sense of this little bit of power that he's going to start abusing yeah versus the way it's presented here you get that really kind of before you really see him embracing mm -hmm. you know the the sort of suave uh, sexy version of right. himself mm -hmm. i mean he's embraced the the anger you know part of it but that almost feels like it was that power manipulation that made that gave him the confidence to go start strutting down the street and playing yeah. it up for the ladies versus yeah. the other way around which is what i think they're trying to say is naturally out of context this more confident person is more attractive because confidence is attractive and there's a there's, there's a kernel of a message there but then as it progresses Kernels. yeah uh then it, you see how you know uh you know ap power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah. like it's kind of going down that vein and it completely misses that right with the way this is currently cobbled together because right. this is just uh hey isn't it fun yeah yeah i believe the order of operations in the editor's cut is the harry fight uh -huh. strutting down the street landing on the this this the the newspaper headline instead of the suit like the the black instead of the black yeah uh, the the what, how do we differentiate yeah. the like black suit that he wears that is like a, All the, we'll call it the jacket. arc light uniform the arc light uniform okay <laughs> <laughs> um the, the, the manager for, suit yeah yeah from from that to uh so we i think that's cut out i don't think that's there mm. i think it goes from so dancing on the street landing on the newspaper photo confronting brock about it strutting out of the thing the place like leaving the place having the conversation with J. Jonah Jameson, firing Eddie, and then it cuts to him on the phone eating cookies with her. With, with her. Yeah. Almost like that's his version of celebrating that yeah. victory is that he's just going to cockily eat cookies while he is bored talking to Dr. Connors on the phone. Right. And then I think it goes to the jazz club after that, I think. Yeah. I think that's the order it goes. I think I think that does track better in terms of what they're doing with the character here. Because and what we end up with is just like random bits of like people being really into this Spidey in between his worst behavior. Right. Instead of the, like, that that slow transition to right. he's being gross and nobody quite likes it. This is not a good look. 
taking advantage of Ursula and then taking advantage of Gwen. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's just like everybody thinks he's hot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. I mean, God love her. She is amazing at yeah. this like bit. <laughs> She's going She's for it. She's so funny. But what? Why does this scene exist? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that you're exactly right because the last visual image that I you really get is you know in terms of strangers is really thirsty ladies turning around being yeah. like, ooh. And it is not like I, I literally I think this first one's biting your lip. Like yeah. it, it is very, very obvious. And if that's the last thing you see in terms of strangers and, and all that other stuff, yeah. then you are then it leaves you with absolutely the wrong taste in your mouth for what that character is about to do. Yeah. You you need to see him brought down into his place with just even just flipping the two scenes where it starts with this and then goes to the back shot where you see the faces of the other girls that alone might have been a lot better because then it ends with like the gross the gross embarrassed for you kind of thing and then later you get the 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 suit scene the the arc light you know manager right scene, uh which uh really hammers home the dorkiness right. of it but like dorkiness is not unattractive in its face so if they're still thirsty for him and then he's like really dorky then it's just a matter of okay well i can bang you and you but not you and not you and (laughs) like again the worst peter parker could possibly be is someone that thinks that way yeah um careless womanizer yeah but like a a really shoddy way to express it um you given everything they clearly have at their disposal yeah yeah this is a failure of clarity not a failure of concept yeah yeah, I think so, and it and I think it's. I mean, I, I I haven't seen the coverage. I haven't seen the coverage. I haven't seen the dailies. Right. But but it does seem like it's a failure of the edit, mm-hmm. for sure. And I don't know. I don't know who is responsible for that. The fact that there's an editor's cut suggests me it wasn't the editor that is credited, <laughs> um, and it's actually someone else. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. It might just be Sam Raimi thought it was funnier this way, like it played funnier this way. Yeah. Um, and not taking story into context, and maybe the editor was like, actually, this works better as yeah, from like, a story place. Yeah, but these are the funny bits. I love this yeah. bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe Sam Raimi just hated that transition of like Goblin Bard. I mean it. It feels very Remy, but I, I think it, it's almost the the also the factor of you know, not enough people saying no. Like I mean, Spider Man yeah. Two is was at the time people talked about it as maybe the greatest superhero movie ever made. Yeah. So yeah. there was less and less, you know, uh, sort of barriers to uh, the creative mind. And if Sam or one of the producers just really loved some of these bits. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed for time, you know, just like uh, trying to hit that release date, which has been the the bane of the whole production that we've been finding out about that. Just like, wow, we didn't have time to, you know, uh, consider this, to, to ponder this. Right. uh, And its implications. Right. We got to get the footage. We got to get the fun bits and just keep, keep it. You gotta yeah. get it out. Yeah. 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 And what we've learned is that Sam, when Sam gets an idea in his head, it's very difficult for him to get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, despite the fact that there was three years between this and Spider-Man 2, rather than the two years between Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, uh, the reason why they were crunched on time with an extra year is because he couldn't get out of his own way with the Vulture stuff. Yep. He could not see that that was the problem. 
that you need if you if you want your theme to be this you can't use this guy because he's not related yep um you, you, and he was having trouble getting out of his own way and i think that's also why spider-man 4 never happened is because he knew he couldn't get out of his own way for the 2011 release date release date yeah that's wild yeah very important though do you have any actor notes on this one because i really want to know who this girl is <laughs> oh, I know the problem. I I did do a little hunting, but the problem is <laughs> if they don't talk, if they don't if they don't talk, there's often a self added um, credit on the IMDb pages. But at least eight of those are just beautiful girl is the name, and you click on it, and there's no pictures. I have run into this about four times in yeah. the process of this, and I've given up on trying to find out the names of the attractive ladies. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just. A, just a blur. Fair point. Yeah. Um, I will leave you my email address. You can send me the names. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we'll take it from there. Fair enough. Um, all right. That's all I got for 94. All right. Well, uh, I, you know, hey, listen, everybody shops at Amazon occasionally. True. And if you do, you should use our affiliate link, duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Uh, Amazon uh, gives us a few bucks for sending you their way, uh, a little p- small percentage of your purchase. doesn't cost you anything. It comes out of Amazon's pocket, and who doesn't want to take some money out of Amazon's pocket? Am right, guys? Do. Yeah. So that's duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Go do that. Help us out. Kill, help us keep the lights on. Help us buy new mics and all of that sort of stuff. Um, it really it really helps a lot, and we appreciate everyone who does that. Just bookmark the link. Forget about it. Puts a little code every time you buy something. It puts a little code in the URL, and it lets Amazon know that we sent you there, and uh, and they'll make sure that we get our cut. So uh, we appreciate everyone who does that, and we'll be back tomorrow with minute ninety-five. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.